Snerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And it is Saturday, which means it is time for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. If you would like to participate, dial 800-848-WABC. That's 848-922. We have so much to discuss today. Of course, events in the Ukraine and Russia the commies in Russia trying to reestablish the Soviet Union are still front and center in the news. And there's so much there. And if you if you follow uh, some of the things coming out of Russia, the stories coming out of Russia, no doubt you'll be disturbed by... There was, there's one picture that just says it all. There was a, a car that was just driving down the road a Russian tank goes out of its way, swerves into the car, and tries to, uh, and, and basically runs the car, hits it again, tries to flatten the car out. Inside the car is an elderly Ukrainian citizen. Not a member of the military, no threat to these commie, I started to say it, no threat to the commies, at all, but they're just being, it's not even mean. They're being ruthless, murderous. They remind you of what, the, what the, this must have been almost like watching the Nazis when they first began their march through Europe. And I, and I say that at the beginning of the war, of course, the atrocious behavior of the Nazis throughout World War II is still unparalleled in the world. And it wasn't just the Nazis, it was, let us not forget, the Japanese, of course, are now our allies, but they weren't, what they did in China was horrific as well. I mean, today we call it war crimes, crimes against humanity. And that was the Axis powers. But that's what we're looking at in Russia. If you want to see that video, I think it's in the Daily Mail, and it's headlined, Russian tank deliberately crushes car driving down opposite side of the road. Ukraine with elderly driver. The elderly driver was filmed being pulled alive from his crushed car after the Russian troops deliberately swerved their tank and drove on top of him. You know, people watching this were screaming. The driver of the tank could then be seen reversing back over the car to further crush it. They're enjoying their murder spree. That's who these people are. These are murdering thugs. Now, Princess Di had a very good warning for us yesterday, and Princess Di will be with us in the next hour, that everything is not as it appears with Ukraine and Russia. She mentioned that there's no historical context being provided for this war. This war, these two nations have gone at it for a thousand years, that there's so much history involved between them, and the the history with the United States is murky, given what we know about, let's say, Hunter Biden, the Bidens, 
and others who use Ukraine as their personal little pocket, their, their, their personal piggy bank. And then there's the oil and the fact that the European nations, some of them are still buying oil from Russia, going through the Ukraine even now. So there's a lot to this Ukraine conflict that we don't know. I'm looking forward to hearing Diana. Her analysis yesterday was just incredible, and I've heard nobody except Diana, me, princess of policy, that has offered the kind of analysis that we got here yesterday. Meanwhile, Zelensky, the president there, apparently spoke with Joe Biden, and Joe Biden offered to get him out of the country, and he told Joe Biden, look, I need ammunition. I don't need a ride out. Not a ride. I don't, I'm not trying to leave. I'm fighting for my country. I need ammunition. And I'll tell you what, these Ukrainians are putting up a fight. Russia has lost one of their Aleutian 276 military transport planes. Their forces have not been able to take care of yet. They may do that today. And uh, President Zelensky over there is warning people that the attack on Kiev is really going to come tonight. He's urging the civilians to brace themselves for what is going to be pretty brutal. The Russians maintain they're not killing civilians so far. Reportedly, Russians have killed 198 Ukrainian civilians, including three children. They aimed their bombs at a tower that was ripped apart. These These Russians, they're coming off like a bunch of savages. They really are. And I don't know... You know, even Facebook got in the act. Facebook has decided that they're going to ban state media from Russia from monetizing their posts and doing everything else. Um, and, and there are some bars in the United States here that have also decided the best thing they can do is remove all of their Russian vodka from the shows. I don't know what good that's going to do. The vodka's already paid for. But... There is worldwide outrage over this that is going on in the Ukraine. A host in Ireland, a news host, actually did something that most American reporters probably wouldn't do. And I don't know whether that's accurate or not. Maybe some American reporters would. A news host grilled the Russian ambassador. And at one point, he said, why should our government entertain your presence here when you're acting as an apologist for slaughter? The ambassador, Filatov, Ambassador Filatov said, well, that's a good question. You might ask your government. It's up to them. I can leave at any time, any time. But... Of course, they're not going to expel him, not yet. Closer to home, my friends, there's news. We're going to get into some of that news because the show today is not going to all be the Ukraine, although Ukraine, of course, is the dominant story in the news today. There's so much happening here. 
Right before the show, I pulled off an AP story. Oh, oh! before I do the AP story, I just came across another headline i got to share with you. NATO activates response force for the first time in history. Woo-hoo! Old NATO has activated their response force. Well, golly! Isn't that just great? Oh, NATO got their forces lined up now. Oh, by the way, we're going to have a racist Democrat update later in the program. I don't know when. We might do it this hour. We have activated NATO's defense plans to prepare ourselves to respond to a range of contingencies and secure alliance territory, by including by drawing on our response forces. That's what NATO said yesterday. NATO. You know, the European nations, let's face facts, the European nations have never cared about their defense because we, Americans, were paying it for them so that they can continue to put their money into welfare, socialist welfare programs for their peoples. And it took Donald Trump, and do you remember the grief that Donald Trump took from the left in this country, this so-called mainstream media, this bunch of corrupt, Trump-hating, ill-informed, would-be journalist, took Donald Trump to task over his insistence that NATO members pay their dues. And they haven't been paying their dues for decades. Now, they're still not paying their dues 100%. But at least under Donald Trump's leadership, they started paying more of their dues. They, they're supposed to pay, I believe, it's somewhere three or X number of percentage. I don't remember the exact number. X number of percent of their GDP is supposed to go to defense, and they haven't been doing it for decades. They owe NATO billions of dollars in arrears in dues. And at the same time, The once mighty European armies are a shadow of their former selves. I mean, once upon a time in history, you have to remember that before America and before the world was shaped by the American superpower presence, the dominant powers in the world militarily were Great Britain, France, Spain, Portugal. I mean, these, as my my sister would call them, the colonizers. The colonizers. Well, these people, these armies, had their tentacles everywhere in the world. Great Britain had the greatest naval force probably in history, but France wasn't anything to sneeze at with their navy, and neither was Spain. When you look at the 1700s, and in history, even though it seems a long way from our time, It is not that long ago when you look at the scope of history and you see how quickly the world has turned to America's favor as a superpower, and right now it's turning again, and China is in the ascent, and we're sitting around doing nothing. Russia has been bragging about their use of hypersonic weaponry, and we seem to be, I don't know what we're doing under Joe Biden, but it's certainly not defending American interests the way that we should be doing or strengthening our military. 
But to go back to that point, it wasn't so long ago in world history, when you really look at it, that the dominant powers were Europe and Europe, their armies and their navies. And in fact, they did colonize and had most of the world as part of their empires. Well, America came on the scene and the funny thing happened. And this is what also liberals don't understand. America not only changed our lives, but it changed the entire world. Up until America, monarchs were the power. This notion, this constitution, people do not in America, do not understand what an incredible document this was toward changing the entire world. The idea that your rights were not granted to you by a monarch, by a king or a queen, but instead your rights came from God. The fact that there was a government set up with checks and balances. And this American experiment was not an easy one to get through. It was a very difficult process and a long process that took over a 20-year period from inception to get going, just to get, just to get the nation started. This founding didn't happen. Okay, Revolutionary War is over. Oops, we've got America. No, this was a long process, a long political process. And once America was established, though, the world began to change. If you look at the monarchy in Great Britain today, it's a, it's a paper monarchy. They have no real power. They have, they're really rich. And it's really quite a figurehead government. But they have no real power. The power now in Great Britain, even though they have a parliamentary system, is invested in the people of Great Britain. The power in France, which used to be another strong monarchy, is now invested in the people in France. And, of course, it took a bloody revolution in France to make that happen. Spain now. And Spain, (laughs) that was a difficult one. And, by the way, Spain has such an interesting history. I've done some reading on on Prince Philip and, and some of the others in, in Spain. It is just an amazing history. And Spain's history is directly tied with ours. Of course, the oldest city in the United States of America, St. Augustine, Florida, and that was a Spanish territory. So the world has changed so much because America came into being. And people here don't appreciate how instrumental we were in bringing freedom to every part of the world. We Monarchs now rarely have the power. There is still a few in the world, and there are a few dictators and tyrants in the world. Well, hell, we got a tyrant up in Canada now. And we have some little local tyrants running around here in the United States. But for the most part, the powers, whether it's in a socialist form of government or a capitalistic 
society like ours, the power is invested in many parts of the world in the people. Now, there are two big exceptions, China and Russia, the former Soviet Union. And what this is going on in the Ukraine, I took the long way around to get here, what this is in the Ukraine is an attempt by a former KGB communist, KGB communist, and Rush used to say, I'll never forget it, once a commie, always a commie. Once you have adopted that ideology as your way of life, you don't stop. You are still a commie. And what we're seeing now is the commie come out of Vladimir Putin. In fact, today, his commie government has threatened Finland and Switzerland. His two closest neighbors to the near the Arctic Circle, saying if they dare think about going into NATO, there are going to be some repercussions. Now, we, after World War II, we have to take a break. I'll be back. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. We're coming back right after this, and your calls will be included, so don't go away. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Motown memories from the four tops bring us back on the Saturday morning. A radio extravaganza with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, your host. Diego, you have no idea how this record triggers me. This was the very first single. This was the very first single that I ever bought. I mean, the three of us. My mom took us. There was this store in uh, Long Island called Great Eastern Mills, and we used to shop there. I always used to get lost in the store. I'd walk away from just end up. Mrs. Gowden. Well, the parents of James Golden, please come and collect your child. He's he's lost again. But anyway, on one of those trips to Great Eastern Mill, my mom decided that she would let us buy a record. We had to choose one. And this was the record. This was our first single. That's awesome. Yeah, so thank you, Diego. I appreciate it very much. No problem at all. All right, so here we go. The U.S. employees. This is some. This is Joe Biden butt licking from the from. I'm sorry. I don't mean that's a coarse statement. Excuse me. I'm sorry, but it is. It's it's, it's Joe Biden butt kissing from the hill from the press. Listen to this crap. U.S. employees unusual intel strategy to counter Putin. Oh, really? We did something unusual. Yes, we did. The White House, that would be Joe Biden's White House. The White House has aggressively worked to rebut false narratives emanating from Russia about the crisis in Ukraine by proactively releasing intelligence information, a highly unusual strategy that experts and former officials say has knocked Russian President Vladimir Putin off his game. The tactic didn't prevent Russia from invading Ukraine, but experts credit it with scrambling and defanging some of the Russian plots to create 
false justification. Wait a minute. The tactic didn't prevent Russia from invading Ukraine. So it failed. Who cares about the narratives? We care about the invasion. This is nothing more than trying to prop up the Biden administration with a bunch of BS. Oh, the White House worked aggressively to work to rebut false narratives. White Houses do that all the time. They say, oh, this person's lying. They say this. They were asked to provide the intelligence to the press. Don't you remember this? And they're just this little guy that runs out, Sullivan, whatever, got into it with one of the liberal reporters because he just kept asserting things and he did not release the evidence. This is a bunch of crap. This is what they do. to. Can you imagine if this were Donald Trump? They'd be like already calling him a failure, the biggest failure in American history for allowing this to happen on his watch. And in fact, 60 some odd percent of the American people, according to the latest polls, believe that if Donald Trump were in office, Russia would not be in the Ukraine right now. But this is just the press bloviating and putting their lips on Joe Joe Biden's butt to kiss it, to try to make nice for the fact that he is a failure. Now, I never finished the story about NATO activating defense plans. So NATO is actually flying their little planes around and doing exercises in land that's not being threatened by anybody. Russia has made no moves to threaten any NATO country. And the ones he's threatening now don't belong to NATO. And so what is NATO doing? Well, they've activated a response force for the first time. They're doing crap. They're doing nothing. This is all for show. Oh, look at us. We are ready to respond. You're not under threat, you idiots. Nobody's threatening you. Oh, well, we're ready to fight the non-threat. This makes no sense. If you really had some gonads, you'd fly those planes over the Ukraine and back Russia, back the hell up, back into Russia. The European continent, the stability of Europe is at stake if Putin gets it in his idea after, if he successfully occupies and defeats Ukraine, and then if he decides he's going to move on Finland and Switzerland, or is it Sweden, as, as, he, as he says he is, or would if they decide they want to join NATO. But what's next? What's next for the former Baltic nation? Suppose he turns his eye there. And we have an Eastern Europe that's back into the Soviet bloc, which is the design. What's NATO going to do? They're going to be threatened on all sides by a reconstituted Soviet Union. And right now they're sitting around with their thumb up their... 
Well, they've activated the response force, and so they're playing soldier around their own countries, which are not threatened by Russia. That's what they're doing. And I guess we should all feel grateful that NATO has finally decided that they're going to start the planes up. They're going to make their army men march in little circles. They're going to drill, and they're going to show old Vlad how big and bad they are as long as they make sure that they don't possibly ever come in contact with his troops. Woohoo, NATO. Way to go. James Golden, Talk Radio, 77 WABC in New York. Your calls are coming up, and I think we're going to take a few calls when we get back, so don't go away. We'll be right back. Oh, knows politics, and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Pointer Sisters, bring us back on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. I'm James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you. Speaking of attacks, AP has discovered another alerting attack. Attacks from within. Seen as a growing threat to... Two elections. Oh, no. Our elections may be under attack. And you know who's going to do the attack? All you conservatives who actually want to participate in the electorals. All you Republicans at this time saying, you know what? I'm not going to sit at home this election. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to the polls. I'm going to go watch what's going on. I'm going to participate. Now you are a threat to elections. I'll get to that story next hour. Hey, Princess Di, if you have time, if you're listening, Princess Di, and usually she is, Princess Di, if you are, this is an AP story. You might want to take a look at it. I'm going to ask you about this. Anyway, let us start on the phones with Anthony in the Bronx. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Good morning, Mr. Golden. It's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you. My pleasure. Um, I have a question, and if, if you ever get the opportunity to talk to the chicken hawk, John Bolton, ask him this. <laughs> what, what did NATO do in 1956 when the Soviet Union invaded Hungary? Nothing. In 1968, when they invaded Czechoslovakia? Nothing. In 1979, when they invaded Afghanistan? Nothing. And when they annex the Crimea? Nothing. Exactly. So they'll do nothing this time. They'll feign outrage. They'll make a lot of bluster, beat their chest. But in the end, they'll just do nothing. You know, and as far as our involvement, maybe the president can send the Ukraine some blankets and some gender identity training for the Ukraine army to help them get through this. Ooh, and maybe he can offer to actually allow... Um, troops that are in the Ukraine army that want transgender surgery to do it on our dime, like he's doing for our army and our military forces. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Anthony, you raise valid, great points. Thank you for calling, my friend. And I love your history of NATO. Brief, succinct, and, of course, accurate. And they have done nothing. 
all the billions of dollars that we have poured into NATO for over for almost 80 years, no, 70 years. What have they done? Nothing. Alex, Fairfield, Connecticut. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. Good morning. Two points I would like to make. First point, there is a, a YouTube video back in 2018 when, when Donald Trump was in NATO criticizing them and Germany for doing business with Russia, saying, you want us to defend you against Russia, but you're purchasing oil and natural gas from them. It's a YouTube video. Donald Trump was spot on in 2018. The second reason why we're in this mess and Europe is in this mess is because they were too busy listening to the environmental wackos of getting off uh, coal, natural gas, and oil, and now we have to purchase it from Russia. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Again, call a home run, because that's exactly exactly right. Do you know, and, and, and uh, Princess Di brought this up yesterday, in one year, Joe Biden has turned America from a net exporter of, of energy, that would be oil, natural gas, and right now we're importing. And guess one of the nations that we're importing from under Joe Biden? Why, that would be Russia. Isn't that just amazing? Let's go to Alan in Brooklyn, New York. Alan, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden. James, I used to listen to you years ago before you went to Florida with Rush. You were on Saturdays and Sundays. Do you remember the name of that station? Was it WHN? It was WABC that I was on, and that was James and Joel on Saturdays and James Golden on Sunday nights. Right. You you were very good. Now, uh, I'm a, I was a big fan of Rush's, and I was never able to get Rush on the telephone. He was so busy and so popular. Uh, he, he was really something. And I want to congratulate you. You have a new fan now. I'm an elderly man, retired, and I look for things to do. And uh, I had a, a, an open spot from 12 to 3. I, I couldn't listen to Rush for three hours, but I could listen to him for an hour or two <clears throat> every day, except when he talked football. When he talked football, <laughs> I had to put on an old Western movie <laughs> on the cable to watch. <laughs> James, you told your, that's funny, you were Rush's uh, call screener. Now, your call screener asked me to talk about Ukraine. Now, uh, I don't like what's going on in the Ukraine, and I have two things. One, uh, what you said, James, you were saying that we should be more tough and this and that, but we got to be careful, James, because Russians have... Uh, one, many atomic bombs and the delivery system to use them. And two, people are saying now that Putin may be in bad health. So people in bad health do crazy, stupid things. Yep. Okay. Alan, look, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate you being a listener and appreciate all those years you gave to Russian while listening at least an hour a day. And believe me, that's a lot for radio, and, and we understand and we appreciate that every day. That's five hours a week out of your life. Appreciate that. Um, of course, I listen 15 hours a week at minimum. Uh, but listen, let me address some of the things that you said there about the Ukraine, about Russia with nuclear weapons. Our nukes are bigger than his, than theirs. 
you know. And and the deal is that Russian, for all the years in the Cold War, they kept on with this misinformation about how well their nuclear arms program was working. And we come to find out after the Cold War that it wasn't nearly as effective as they said. They had defective weapons. And and also their their complement of weapons was never as big. But now that doesn't say that they don't have weapons pointed at us that could harm us. But guess what? If Russia ever attacks the United States, if they were that stupid with nuclear weapons, they would be obliterated as a nation. We wouldn't fare too well either. We take a lot of losses. That's true. But they would be obliterated as a nation. And one of the things that we learned from Ronald Reagan, and we should never forget this, is that you don't back down to these tyrants. All the bluster that was in the 80s about how powerful Russia was. And if you remember at the time, we had Ted Kennedy, Senator Ted Kennedy, going over to Russia to try to make deals with the Russians to circumvent Ronald Reagan. That was dead on treason. And it happened. This is a part of American history. You can look it up. You can verify it. But at the same time, we had a press that was in love with Russian power. They kept telling us that, oh, the Russians are so powerful. Oh, the Russians are so powerful. What did Ronald Reagan do? Ronald Reagan said, okay, good. We're going we're gonna to do Star Wars. We're going to do something to knock their weapon. And the liberal press here had a hissy fit. Their panties were in a wad for years over Star Wars. They thought it was inviting a war. They thought that it was such a move that it would, it would, why, it would make the Russians angry. And instead, what did it do? It made the Russians spin themselves into bankruptcy. And that is one of the reasons that the Soviet Union imploded. Thanks to Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher, and Pope John Paul XXIII. I hope I got that right with the Pope. Anyway. The, that triumvirate, the Pope, Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan, helped bring down this so-called invincible Soviet Union. And so I'm not afraid of Russia. And the United States shouldn't be afraid of Russia. We have the military might if we put our minds to it and stop worrying about how many sexual genders should be in the military and how much diversity we have here and diversity officers there, if we actually go back to the basics of military, and again, as Rush used to say, the purpose of a military is to break things and kill people. That's the purpose. It's not all this social experimentation. It is to break things and kill people. And if our military focuses on winning wars and having the most might to win. Russia will never, never be able to outflank the United States military if we keep on, get our act together. And so we should never feel threatened from them. I'll tell you who else we shouldn't feel threatened from, and that's China. Now, China, whoa, they have how many billion people right now? And they have a massive military. And right now, thanks to Obama and his weakness, they have a blue water Navy that once in a while raises their head and threatens us. But you know what China can't afford? 
China cannot afford a protracted war with the United States. They're not going to invade here. Any nation on earth would be foolish to invade the United States of America because unlike China, the American citizenry is armed. Our people are armed, and if they ever send their army over here, they're going to be picked off in every single city, in every single rural area, by American citizens who wouldn't tolerate it. And at the same time, they can't afford, they can barely afford to feed their own people. You let the relationship between China and Russia go, where all of a sudden Apple is not asking for a bazillion iPhones to come out of Foxconn. And all the made-in-China stuff that gets sent over here isn't being sent over here. Their economy would collapse. Now, they hold a lot of bonds. They hold a lot of our treasury bonds. And it is true, if they call those bonds in, we could be in some financial difficulty too. All of that is why it took so much courage to actually face Russia off. And that is what President Trump did with this trade war, and he backed them down. And right after that, COVID began. Hmm, funny coincidence that, isn't it? Eh, Mike? But anyway, the United States should not fear any nation on the face of the earth. The American people, American ingenuity, we are still the strongest superpower in the world, although liberals are doing everything they can to weaken our position in the world, including Joe Biden's inept, incompetent handling of this situation with Russia. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. We're coming back. More of your calls right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on 77 WABC. Yes, Todd Rundgren. What a beautiful song. Hello, it's me. I thought about us for a long, long time. Maybe I think too much, but something's wrong. There's something here that doesn't last too long. Maybe I shouldn't. You know, the Isley Brothers did a cover on this song that was really good. But there's nothing like the original. And this album has an extended... I believe this is the one with an extended version of this. I think the single was a radio edit. I might be wrong on that. But what a song. Todd Rundgren. wonder what ever happened to him. What a great artist. All right, let's head back to the telephones. Stu in Brooklyn, WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden. How are you, Stu? I'm great, James, but you shattered my myth of your infallibility this morning when you had your German bar pro moment. You meant Sweden, not Switzerland. That's I meant Sweden. I'm so And I did try to correct it the second time. Something <laughs> said, you know, I think that's Sweden. Sweden, not Switzerland. Sweden. Yeah. Anyway, they're being threatened. Finland and Sweden. Or on a more serious point, the, the Katyn Forest massacre took place in 1940 after the Russians finished invading uh, Putin, uh, invading uh, Poland. 
And what they did is they murdered 22,000 Polish army officers and police officials and civilians. In 1990, the, the Russians denied the, uh, the they did, they claimed the Germans did it, which was not true. They did do it. In 1990, they finally admitted to that, except for one very prominent Russian who stood out against the historic fact of that. Would that be Vladimir Putin? Absolutely. Absolutely. The other problem you have with uh, Russians and Ukrainians, Russians lost 20 million people in World War II, and they've never forgotten that the biggest contributor to the Waffen-SS were the Ukrainians. Ukrainians bleeded the trade of the Germans as the liberators. Not the conquerors. That isn't an excuse for uh, for murder and mayhem that's going on now. It's outrageous. Well, and, you know what else? Joe Stalin took his revenge on the Ukrainian people by starving millions of them to death. Which and, is why they hated the Russians, right? And so, and 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 Ukraine was Russia's breadbasket, and they literally starved Ukrainians to death. And confiscated their land. And to this day, we don't know how many people Joseph Stalin killed, nor do we know, just as a historical, how many people Mao Zedong killed with his millions and millions of dead scattered across China. These two communist governments are so have such an evil history. And most of the time, they're just they they look at everyone else, and and no one really focuses on their history and what they did to their own people, to the Ukrainian people. And it is just, it's amazing to watch them do this again. What we did in uh, Afghanistan, sending the uh, the rebels, uh, state of missiles, took the Russians, uh, cost the Russians a fortune and manpower. We should have been doing the same thing with the Ukrainians. Well, again, we have an inept leader, and we, this is what you get when you have an inept leader. This is the result of Trump hate. This is everything that is happening in the world, the destabilization of the world, the destabilization of the American economy. All of this is because Democrats hate Trump, and Trump was so effective. This is a direct result of the Democrat Party's Trump hate. Thank you for the call, Stu. Susan, Brooklyn, New York. Welcome to WABC with James Golden. James, listen, I'm going to try not to be too emotional and shaky, which is really how I have my heart in my throat about all. Um, but, yeah, and he, this has already been touched on. And John Castamatidis all week was ranting about the billion dollars a day he quantified that Russia is getting from us reducing our oil production has made the price of oil go up to practically a hundred dollars a barrel. It'll probably it is, break. Right, that. it is over a hundred dollars. It is. It is. At, it was at a hundred dollars a barrel the other day. It may very well be over a hundred dollars a barrel right now. I'll have to check. So we are enabling this atrocity um, by funding. We have blood on our hands. Joe Biden has blood on his hands. Let's correct that. Joe Biden and the Democrat Party have blood on their hands. But that's not unusual. They have blood on their hands in every American city with their policies that result in criminals being let on the street. 
streets. They have blood on their hands with their support of genocide in the womb. The Democrat Party is the party of death. They are the party of destruction. They are the party of callousness and ruthlessness, and they don't care. This is what they wear proudly around their neck. As far as the... As far as the Democrats are concerned, the Democrat Party, they'd like to make sure that there's a Planned Parent office in every single black neighborhood in America. They try to do it already, and they're just fulfilling what their founder wanted, which was to get rid of all these dark babies. Let's call it what it is. It's genocide. The Democrat Party... Just like you said, Susan, with this business of helping to fund Russia's interests by cutting American oil production and making America energy dependent again, dependent upon Russia. This is weakness on a level. This is blundering on a level that should have the voters of America drive the Democrats out of office in a fury. These people are destroying the American way of life to their capabilities, and they need to be gotten rid of politically. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate the call. Mike Yonkers, how are you this morning? Hey, hey, James, good morning. Listen, earlier you were talking about the greatness that the Constitution is and how it really rid the world of of colonization and, and, and colonialism, rather. And, you know, you were just so spot on. And And this really goes back to, and I'm sure you'll agree, just how ineffective our schools are, and particularly our colleges are, in teaching history. Because all of the things that you've been talking about here on the radio this morning, uh, these things are not discussed. These things are not taught. Instead, we're taught about how bad America is and how, how cruel America has been when really the complete opposite is the truth. America has saved more people in the world, and because of America, brought more people to the world than any other nation in the history of the world, past or present. If it were not for America, there would not be free nations around the world that are not living under the tyrant rule of monarchs. If it were not for America actually intervening in places that some Americans didn't want us to intervene, Europe right now would be a German continent. A German-speaking German continent. All of it. And by the way, we don't know what would have happened to Russia. If it were not for America, many places around the world, including Africa, would not be enjoying the quality of life that they do have. Although in Africa, one of the the largest landmass continent in the world, there is still so much work to do. In South America, we try and we try and we try, and the South Americans still revert back to socialism, even though it fails time after time after time again. But we have tried, and when you look at the liberator in South America, Bolivar, where did he get the ideas of freedom and liberty that he did that spread and he tried to spread in South America? That was a direct result of what happened here in America. The world owes America a debt of gratitude, not hatred, and not scorn. And you are so right. American socialists 
that are in positions of power in American institutions instead of teaching the righteousness of American history chose to focus on what was wrong with America that, by the way, Americans have been trying to correct ever since our founding. And there is no nation on the face of the earth that, if you look back through their history, doesn't have something in their history that was heinous because this is the nature of mankind. But America has done more to try to be a good and great people than any other nation on the face of the earth. And it is not taught in schools, nor the brilliance of the Constitution, nor the brilliance of what was the American way. What America did changed the world. Our stable judicial system, by the way, also changed the world. And for that, we owe Great Britain a great deal of, of debt. Because much of our law was taken from British law. But if you look at the instability that goes on in Indian law, for instance, where there are cases in the Indian courts, and Indian has more people as a democracy than any other nation on the earth, but there are cases in India that go on for, for over a century that are still being litigated. That is not our judicial system here, even though we have a lot of work to do to correct ours from the liberal takeover. So you're absolutely right. Let us go to Long Island and Joe. Joe, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden. Good morning, James. I see a parallel between Putin and what he's doing and what's happening in our own country with, with the progressives. If we don't check them now, they will be bombing us in places to get control and, and there's too much baloney now with, with Mr. Biden, uh, with this new Supreme Court. She could be the greatest thing, I don't know. But once you start talking about vote for the white guy, vote for the black guy, vote for the brown guy, the best thing is vote for the right guy and we won't have these problems in our country. Identity politics is, is what's going to divide us and we're going to have a civil war in this country. I hope not. I hope not. And by the way, this... Johnny, uh, and I hope I pronounced the name right. I'll have to look at it again. Kajani um, Johnson is um, a, ju- a judge that has been overturned many times for judicial overreach. But don't you dare think that the Republicans are going to put up much of a fight over this. Number one, she's not going to change the balance on the court. And so Republicans don't want to open themselves up to attack as being racist, even though we're going to attack them as racist anyway, um, over fighting this nomination. Many don't. And because she's not going to change the balance of the court. But if liberals ever get control of the court, this woman could be something to deal with. Ketanji, I think is how she pronounces her first name. And I'm not trying to to be funny mispronouncing it. It just, it's going to take me a while to remember it. Ketanji. She's only published one single decision as an appellate judge. And by the way, that was recent. So she, this woman, you know, there are some Republicans who call her the affirmative action nominee. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, look, we have another full hour to go. Her Highness, Her Royalty, Her Royalness, the Princess of Policy. The one and only Diana Me will join us in the next hour. Also, 
we have a racist Democrat update. And we have so many calls. We're going to keep taking your calls through the next hour. Remember, Larry Kudlow comes on after this show. Oh, you know what? We've got, and I need to talk about this more. Folks, we are doing some amazing podcasts that you need to listen to, and you can check out on WABC.com. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Indeed it is. Our number duo, James Golden, with you here on WABC. If you'd like to be part of the program, well, you'll have to wait because all the lines are jammed, but 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-922. And as the hour ahead, we have a racist Democrat update coming up. We also have the one and only, her royalty, her royalness, her highnessness, Princess of Policy, Diana Mee, will be with us shortly. I want to talk about a case that happened in Florida. Well, let's move to some domestic things and some other international things um, before we get back to Ukraine. I'm a little bit troubled by this, and, and I recognize that some of you may not be. And so this may be one of those things where, you know, we have a little bit of a, dis- we have a big disagreement. There was a case, and I am for the stand-your-ground law that is not only in Florida, but in many other cases. But there was a case that just really bothered me. A retired police captain shot a guy inside uh, a, a movie theater. This was eight years ago. His name was Curtis Reeves. He was charged with second-degree murder. He, mur- he gunned down 43-year-old Chad Olson during a matinee screening of Lone Survivor. Now, here's what happened. The retired police captain asked Olson to stop texting during the movie previews. That started an argument. During the argument, Mr. Olson allegedly threw some popcorn at the guy, and this former police officer, retired captain, pulled a gun and killed him. Now, he this this the defense in the case was that the police officer was, oh, he was so scared. He had never been more scared in his life. Really? And by the way, his wife was also shot, shot in the hand. After the jury, this thing took eight years to come to trial, which was the first thing. Eight years it took to come to trial. Which is just, justice delayed? Is justice denied? Hmm. Then when it gets to trial, he uses this defense that he acted under self-defense because somebody threw a little popcorn at him. So I take a gun and shoot him. The Olsen family is, of course, extremely upset by this verdict. And this guy's out smiling and just happy as can be after he killed a guy in a movie theater that threw a little popcorn at him after something he started. He started this by asking the guy to stop texting during movie because none of his damn business if somebody's texting. If you don't like it, get up and move. You have no right to tell this guy to stop texting during movie theaters. And then an argument started. And who blames him? 
this guy with this authoritarian, I'm going to tell somebody when they can text and when they can't in a movie theater, really? And he gets released? Jury finds him not guilty? To me, this is a miscarriage of justice. I don't know whether they gave him the benefit of the doubt because he's an ex-cop or what. But for me, this one stinks. Stinks to high heaven. And I really feel sorry for the guy's widow and his family because I don't think they got there. They had to wait eight years for this, and then they get this crappy verdict. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Racist Democrat Update. Our update today starts in Texas, ladies and gentlemen. The story comes to us from the conservative publication BizPack Review. A Texas Democrat party leader has been engulfed by a firestorm after her remarks made during a Zoom call with state party chairs when she referred to an area as the chocolate side of town. And who was she talking about? She was trying to joke about Trump supporters. And that little joke, trying to get it, Trump supporters saying that they'd be scared to go to the chocolate part of town, backfired on her. Now, this woman is a highly educated woman. Her name is Dr. Nancy Nichols. She's a member of the state Democratic executive committee in Texas. She, she, during a call, said that an event held on the chocolate side of town and the Trumpers drove around but kept a distance. I believe they were afraid to get out. Good. She's saying, in other words, these Trumpers, while they were afraid to go in the chocolate neighborhood. Now, it's Texas, so she ain't been fired yet. She's still sitting there in the job. But fellow Democrats, including the Tyler chapter of Black Lives Matter, are calling for her to resign. They're saying, you know, you just can't go around saying stuff like chocolate part of town and think that we ain't listening. So that's racist Democrat update. And by the way, she's apologized and she's made a special apology to the African Americans who she hurt by her remarks. And I'm sure she expects to be forgiven because after all, she's a Democrat and Democrats rarely have to pay when they make their insidious racial remarks, which they do all the time. Like, remember old Governor Blackface in Virginia? He can wear blackface, but it's all right for him. Remember, Joy Behar could put on her blackface, and she's still on The View. But somebody else wearing blackface, oh, no, no, we can't have it. Now, speaking of Virginia, here's another article from BizPack Review. Your racism is showing. VA Democrats hit with leftist playbook over winsome Earl Sears Day meltdown. Here's what happened there. Let me just do this show a real start and sweet. You know, we got a black, and some of y'all Democrats would just say, this is just disgusting. We got ourselves a black Republican. 
elected the statewide office. Why, how the hell did this happen? How the hell did we allow that? Well, here's what happened. The new governor there, down in Virginia, Governor Glenn Youngkin, has declared February 23rd, 2022, as Winsome Earl Sears Day in honor of the state's first female black veteran lieutenant governor. And the Democrats, play that theme again, we ain't finished, have gone nuts. Democrats don't like it. They're not going to have no part of having some black woman who's a Republican honored with her own day in the state of Virginia. We just don't like this. How dare you? How dare you, white Republican governor, put up a black Republican woman and give her her own day in Virginia? We got a history here. We don't like no black conservatives. Us white Democrats here. We don't like no black. They're too uppity. They're too arrogant. And this woman's a veteran. She walk around waving her hand talking about she a leader. We can't have this in Virginia. We like to, we, we white Democrats like to keep our Negroes. Oops, I'm sorry. We down, we Democrats like to keep the Negro people in check down here. We don't want them rising up thinking that they actually in charge of something here. How are we going to do this? This ain't right. And by, by golly, we are mad with this governor. Now, we're still going to stay in Virginia because we got another story right here. This comes to us from WAPO, from the Washington Post. A federal judge has called Thomas Jefferson High School admission changes illegal. Can you get to this? Now, what is Thomas Jefferson High School? Why, it's a science and technology school. It's a prestigious, prestigious school. It's a magnet school. And the judge said that this magnet school is discriminating against Asian Americans because, because, because they stopped the high standards. It used to be you had to pay $100 and an application fee, and you had to actually pass some academic work to get in this high school. But what Virginia's and these Democrats in Fairfax County did, they changed it. They changed it. So in the name of diversity, because they wanted the school to look like America, kind of like Joe Biden said he wanted to make the court look like America. Well, these folks in, in, in Fairfax did that. And so they're letting all these people in that are not qualified. And the judge says, you know what? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Y'all discriminating against Asian Americans here. So see, racist Democrats again, only this time they're discriminating against the Asians. How dare they? Now, we got one more story. And this, I don't know, folks, what we're going to do here. Jesse Smollett. You remember this boy? You, I'm sorry. You remember this guy, Jesse Smollett? He's asked now a Chicago judge to, to toss out his conviction for staging a hate crime. Now, you got to remember what happened here. Jesse said that some men, some white guys... Some white guys wearing red hats, them little Trump hats, them them MAGA hats. And you know them people who wear them MAGA hats, you know what they think, right? They know what they think about you, right? So anyway, old Jesse said, these, these, these old white critters wearing these red MAGA hats, 
threw some bleach on him, put a noose around his neck, and tried to hang him and lynch him. And then he went home with the noose still around him, called the cops, had him over there. He was still had his McDonald's bag with his hamburgers in it. This was like a 2 o'clock in the morning on a real cold night in Chicago. Here's the problem. It was never proven. In fact, some Nigerian brothers stood up and said, hey, this is a bunch of bull. Jesse hired us to beat his ass. And you know what happened after that? He just faked the whole thing. Well, jury came back, finally, 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 found Smollett guilty in December, a lying to the police. And now, now, now Jesse Smollett, who happens to be black and gay, is facing up to three years behind bars. Now, Jesse here, Smollett turns out to be the racist Democrat in question because he thought he was going to pull one over and get them old alleged Trump people with the MAGA hats in trouble. And this was going to spread all around during the election year and say, see how racist these Trump people are? They don't like black people. And they don't like gay people. And they tried to put a noose around my neck and lynch me. But it didn't quite twerk out like that. So, Jesse, I don't know. It looked to me like you're going to go to jail, boy. I'm sorry. Go to jail, young man. And boy, and man, oh man, things might not be so pretty for you in there. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's our Democrat update. And we're coming back. And when we get back, maybe we hear some of the princess herself on WABC Talk Radio 77. We up in New York. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you. We'll be right back. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. The one, the only, MJ, with one of the big hits from Off the Wall, the album, the first album Quincy Jones produced with him, Michael Jackson. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we move from the racist Democrat update to something a little bit more classier. The epitome of class, her royalness, her highnessness, her majestiness, the one, the only princessness, Princess Di. Ruler of policy in the lands and the provinces and the hamlets of America. And here she is, our very own Princess Di. Welcome, Princess Di. Thank you, Sir James, the Knight of the Golden Order, the Duke of Snurdly. I am so honored to speak with you again. Yes, indeed. You like our little racist Democrat update there? Oh, my goodness. Well, that could be a regular occurring theme for you because they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, yesterday you were on with us and you gave a brilliant analysis of uh, what we should be on the lookout for with this whole Ukraine war thing. For those that weren't with us, can you give us a, a, a brief recap of what you of your main point yesterday? Well, I, I can start anew reminding you that one of my princess principles is always be skeptical. And that is such a helpful rule when dealing with 
what you hear from the media, especially in times of war. And so my always my question is, when you get a video or you get an audio that purports to basically advance the agenda from some side, ask yourself, how did we get this video? How did we get this audio? What is the source? And I, I, it really came reminded me during the whole initial COVID propaganda, when we would get these videos from China of people dropping dead in the street, and then they'd have these phalanxes of people or soldiers or military spraying the streets with some kind of disinfectant. And so this, this drumbeat of these videos and these audios and these things started before we really got any illness here. And it was frightening to see. And, and, and I bought it until I asked myself, how is this getting here? This is the chai This is China ruled by the Communist Party. How are they releasing news that makes their country look bad? It was obviously propaganda to scare us. It was obviously setting the pace. And a lot of these videos and audio that we're getting now, you not that I don't think that there that Russia is the bad actor here and that Ukraine right now is the victim. But on the other hand, how are these videos and audios getting here? And especially, especially when it makes the baby milk factory kind of point. You remember the baby milk factory? Oh, yes. That was a oh, propaganda yes. video during the Iraq situation, and it was nonsense. But anything that has a child victim, there are a lot of very bad actors in the world who are very good at staging audio and video. Palestinians do it, and, and it's to present to the world stage, we're the victims, these are the bad guys, and it may or may not be true. I'm not saying don't believe it. I'm just saying test the source. And I heard a story on the news on your station before you came on at eight o'clock where there is this machine that travels around with the Russian army that vaporizes bodies. Now, this was the straight news reporting. And so that might explain why there aren't too many civilian casualties. That was the news story. And it was such a red flag to me. I'm like, body vaporizers. It sounds like someone is trying to come up with an explanation of why there aren't as many casualties as the news is predicting. Anyway, I'm just saying in general, that is a good rule of thumb to be skeptical. And unfortunately, you cannot believe the Russians. You cannot believe Ukrainian sources and you cannot believe American government sources. And that is a sad situation. But by testing the sources, you will have a better view of what's the truth. Okay, and I appreciate that, and that is really uh, cogent and good advice. Now, you mentioned yesterday you had some quotes you wanted to tell us about today. What are they? <laughs> Here, the the overall umbrella theme of this is these are not serious people <laughs> on our, unfortunately, running our government. The first okay. one you mentioned on the air was the John Kerry quote, I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. So that's what he's concerned about as Putin advances on the Ukraine. The uh, U.N. Secretary General 
said, I have only one thing to say from the bottom of my heart. President Putin, stop your troops from attacking. Give peace a chance. Oh, he didn't. He didn't. He did. He didn't. He did. He didn't plagiarize John Lennon. Yes. Yes. And it's like, you know, John Kerry bringing James Taylor to sing for peace. These are that's how these people think on the left. And I'm glad nobody has plagiarized the late P.J. O'Rourke. Which Do you is? remember the title of one of P.J. O'Rourke's books that set the liberals on edge? It was Give War a Chance. Ah. <laughs> well, that's clearly what's happening. Here's the, the last stupid quote I wanted to tell you. This is from Biden's deputy national security advisor, Dalip Singh. And he said, Strategic success in the 21st century is not about a physical land grab of territory. That's what Putin's done. In this century, strategic power is measured by economic strength, technological sophistication, and your story, who you are, what your values are. Can you attract ideas and talent and goodwill? And on each of these measures, this will be a failure for Russia. So this so is wait a minute. The hold, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm telling you. Hold on. I want to see if I got this right. I got to see if I get this right. So if Russia <laughs> does meet their objectives and takes over the Ukraine and wipes out the current leadership and, and installs their own puppet government, they're not really going to be victorious. Because they have a bad story. And, and because they have naive- a bad story. And it's not about land grabs. Yes, the naivety here, because that is what projecting power always is. You take the territory. And that is human history for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And now these naive leftists want to change it to, well, your narrative is good and you have goodwill. (laughs) It is outrageous. And that goes to what you were talking about, the purpose of the military. They do not believe in holding land and holding territory and killing people and breaking things, as you say. But yet they have this, you know, utopian view of unicorns and rainbows and, you know, basically that Russia is going to lose because he looks bad. He doesn't care how he looks because he's grabbing the territory. And I want to segue into something about that. I want to give President Biden a new name, and that is he's in charge of MERGA. Make Russia great again. Because let me tell you, because Russia has been upset since the fall of the Soviet Union with NATO's expansion. And they haven't done anything about it until now. Why now? They're pushing back on the NATO expansion because they have the money. And who gave them the money? Your caller earlier raised this point. It was Joe Biden. Joe Biden, day one, supported Russian oil, Russian money from oil, Russian energy, and tamping down American energy. We have basically stopped competing with Russia. We're basically paying for Russian oil. We import 600,000 barrels of oil a day from Russia. And, you know, all of this money worldwide flowing to Russia instead of to America, that was Joe Biden's doing deliberately, explicitly. And so the, the cause 
of all of what we're saying, seeing this turmoil in the world is because America has withdrawn its strength and power in many ways and handed it over to Russia. And I want to mention something else that got no reporting. I want to read you something from three weeks ago during the Olympics. Then Russia and China announced a, a basic treaty. Listen to this. China and Russia on the opening day of the Winter Olympics, this is a Reuters report, declared a no-limits partnership backing each other over standoffs on Ukraine and Taiwan with a promise to collaborate against the West. President Xi and Putin said their relationship was superior to any Cold War era alliance, which is NATO. And so what has happened is that Biden has pushed these two powers together and together they are competitive. Now, what what Trump's idea had been to basically capture Putin on our side as a balance to China. Well, of course, the entire political establishment hated that idea. And now we see Putin and and uh, Xi in our in their arms in bed together. And that is very dangerous for the world. And a lot of people are predicting that Taiwan will be the next to fall. And this is one of the things that Xi has wanted long term, just as Putin has wanted from day one to reconstitute the Soviet Union. They made a deal and they made this deal during the Olympics and it has been so little reported. And you would think every single news analysis article about this particular move into Ukraine would include this tidbit, which is the most significant geopolitical development in in years. And yet the media has basically ignored it after the initial Reuters report. Well, because and that it, has to be known. Well, our media ignore, ignored it because it didn't have anything to do. There was no way they could make this look bad for Donald Trump. And that's the only thing that they're interested in doing. They still have yeah. Trump on the brain. They're not even looking at the world stage properly. They're still looking at everything through the lens of how can we keep Trump from regaining the presidency? That is the sole focus of the American media and the American left. Yes. So I've got, in addition to my always be skeptical princess principle, follow the money, follow the socialism and watch what they do, not what they say. And if you watch what is happening, what they're doing You've got a lot of contradictory information to what America is supposedly wanting. Biden and Russia are still on the same side negotiating the Iran New Deal, which is really interesting. You remember that little altercation between the State Department, Ned Price, and the AP reporter, Matt Lee. You, You referenced it earlier. Well, there was another one. There was another one this week when Ned Price, the State Department, flack was out there bragging about the sanctions and this ap reporter said what are you talking about sanctions there's a huge list of exceptions and exemptions to these sanctions they are they are like swiss cheese and the united states and russia are still basically in cahoots on almost every international uh, agreement organization that's all proceeding exactly the same so uh, this AP reporter, I really would like to get to know him because he has been honest and basically skeptical and questioning. And, of course, Ned Price, the State Department guy, had no answer for this. Well, we're just going to do what our national interest is. 
So Russia is still in SWIFT, which is the Society of Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunications. Everyone is wondering if we're going to put sanctions on Russia, why are they still able to operate 100 percent with their financial worldwide networks? Now, that is something that may change in the coming days. But Biden then went home to Delaware for the weekend. The Senate went on recess. They're behaving as if this isn't a crisis. They're all saying crisis, crisis, crisis. But you watch what they do. The other interesting thing, James, this one gets me, that Russia basically opened overtures for negotiations for peace talks with the Ukraine. And Zelensky accepted, and they were making initial plans to meet, and the United States State Department threw cold water on it. They said, absolutely not. It's not real. Russia has to have a ceasefire first. Don't believe them. And and basically, we stopped the initial opening of talks between the two countries. Now, you would think that every nation in the world would be encouraging the two to talk, because that has to happen. So that is an an oddity to me, to watch what they do, not what they say. And what they're doing is not in any way trying to stop this conflict. Wow. Diana, you have given us so much to think about. This is just completely an amazing analysis that you will not get anywhere else but here. And we thank you, Diana, Princess of Policy. This AP story that I asked you about, I'm going to hold this, and I'm going to keep this story here, and we can address it maybe Thursday, Friday of this week uh, when we next talk to you. Because this this story, I've got to get your take on this story. But you have given us so much to think about with this current situation in Ukraine. And again, folks, you will not get this detailed analysis anywhere else but this program. And from, you see why we call her, the Princess of Policy. (laughs) Diana, me, thank you so much. Thank you, James. All right. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden. Coming back, your call is going to take us home after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, is on 77 WABC. Ah, those of you who are around during the disco era, here's your anthem. Well, there are two anthems. One is Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. This is the Bee Gees. You know the song. You can almost see the young John Travolta decked out in that white suit. Yeah. Go look in your closet and see whether you can find your platform shoes. Anyway, congratulations to Whoopi Goldberg. You're saying, what? Whoopi Goldberg? She was suspended for maybe... Yeah, guess what? Whoopi Goldberg is more powerful than ever at The View. That is the assessment by the New York Post today. A well-placed source told The Post that The View moderator returned to to work with a big grin on her face because during her absence, the ratings 
dropped through the toilet. During the full week that Whoopi Goldberg was suspended, The View lost 283,000 viewers. It hit a season low in total viewers among women aged 18 to 49 and women 25 to 54. In her first week back, The View added 113,000 viewers week to week or expressed differently 2.3 million viewers which marked the biggest week-to-week gain for any daytime broadcast series. This is a huge boost for ABC's show, The View, and Whoopi Goldberg has demonstrated that she is the draw. Congratulations, Whoopi. Tulsi Gabbard, I just want to say, CPAC, CPAC this weekend. Um, And she, the Democrat, has drawn rave reviews for her performance there. There is a story coming out of Sweden that ought to make every one of you in Democrat cities that were locked down and businesses shuttered and people thrown out of work and people not paying their rents. Sweden has issued a report about their approach to the COVID-19 They made the correct decision, says the report, by avoiding a full COVID-19 lockdown and relying on their population's common sense. Now, there was a little criticism that said some restrictions could have been introduced earlier, but overall, the reports found that these lockdowns were not necessary nor defensible. And that goes to, by the way, uh, at CPAC also, Ron DeSantis got a hero's welcome. And he's the one that kept Florida open. And you see this all around. The states that the liberal Democrats and Joe Biden, who's wrong about everything, criticize were the free states. South Dakota, Florida, and now Virginia, now that they've got Governor Blackface North them out of there. New York, the woman that was beaten horribly and the subways has been identified. Guess what? She's a New York City worker with the Department of Health. Dr. Nina Rothschild, 58, is a scientist with New York City's Department of Health. She was the woman kicked down the stairs at Queens Plaza. Now, Queens Plaza is one of the busiest subway stations in New York City. And this happened at Queens Plaza. One wonders where are all these police officers that Adams, Mayor Adams, has promised. There is a report that the police have been effective in identifying 350 homeless people living in almost 90 subway stations. And they are being removed from those encampments, as they're being called. That story is in the Daily Mail, UK. Good news in California, and then we're going right back to your phones. Students at a Southern California high school watched as two assistant vice principals were hauled out from the campus in handcuffs. This story comes to us from AmericanWireNews.com, AmericanWireNews.com, AmericanWireNews.com. Students at a Southern high school watched as two assistant vice presidents were hauled from the campus in handcuffs. 
for allegedly failing to notify authorities after three students claimed they had been sexually assaulted on school grounds. And there are pictures of these two. They were required under California law to immediately report allegations of child abuse, neglect to law enforcement. No report was made after these things. And these school officials were hauled out in front of the student body in handcuffs. Way to go. Back to the phones. And remember, by the way, right after this show, Larry Kudlow. And Larry Kudlow is an economic genius. And after this show, Larry Kudlow is here with you. Keep it here on WABC. Let's go to Teddy and Yonkers. Teddy, thank you for waiting. WABC, you're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. Uh, good morning, James. Even though I disagree with you, 75% of the time, I like your persona. I think, you. I think you're sincere, and uh, you, you will hold up to what you believe in, and uh, you express it. Uh, I'd like to ask you one thing. Sure. Do you think that if Trump was the president during these past, this past year, that Putin would have done this? No. Why? Because, number one, and Diana just explained the, the, one of the reasons why, Russia would have still been financially uh, trapped into not having the money to... Because we are now importing 600,000 barrels of oil a day. And you know what oil is going for right now? $800 per barrel. Add up the money, and that's per day. Number two, Trump and Putin had a different relationship. Now, it was often criticized as, you know, Trump being Biden, a, a Putin's flunk, you know, but it wasn't that. It was a relationship of engagement. And again, Princess Di just explained this. Because Trump's policy was to engage him and keep him from China. And now China and Russia have formed an alliance. But here's the most, here's the most, the most important reason that I don't think it would have happened. Donald Trump was unpredictable. And nobody could predict how well you think you know Donald Trump. Nobody could ever predict what he was going to do in any given situation. And I think that Putin was well aware that if he went into Ukraine, Trump's response may have been a military response, unlike Joe Biden. Now, that said, let's remember that Trump wasn't one of these guys that's quick on the trigger to send the military out. In fact, one of his accomplishments was that during his term, there were no wars. And look at this. And here, the first year in in Joe Biden's term, the world is in chaos and the American economy is in the tank Thank you, Joe Biden. So, Teddy, what do you think about that? But do you think the country would have supported using our military men and women in dealing with uh, with Putin? Do you think they would be supportive of that? It depends on what the lead-up was. I don't think, look, this is what happens in America, and you know this, Teddy, from history, and I know you know this. Look at the way that World War II rolled out. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, in spite of the um, aggression that the Germans uh, that the Germans were showing knew that the American people would not support going into another war in Europe, and he had to lay low. Remember, Churchill was having to beg him for weapons, beg him to send stuff, and sending American troops was out of the question. But then circumstances took place that made it possible. 
and I think the same thing might have happened under Trump. You have to explain to the American people over a long period of time why you want to go to war in order for it to be accepted by the American people. And even then, every Republican president should know that if they go to war, Democrat support for that war is going to evaporate in 90 days, and they're going to go on a political assault and never support our troops in a war, just like they've done every other war, where the Democrats are anti-war and anti-Americans during a war. That's what I think, Teddy. Last question. What would, what would Trump do now based on what's happening? I have no idea. I I can't answer that. I don't know. Because like I said, Donald Trump is unpredictable. That's one of the things that made him a great leader. But I'll tell you one thing he wouldn't do. He wouldn't be backing down with his tail between his legs, issuing sanctions that didn't have any meaning. And one of the things he wouldn't be doing is walking around with a vice president that's mouthing different things than he's mouthing, like Kamala Harris is out saying, oh, the sanctions work, the sanctions work, and Joe Biden's admitting the sanctions don't work. You wouldn't see that kind of disconnect in the White House between the president and the vice president um, on, a, on an issue like this. But, but as to your question, I don't know what, what President Trump would do. Will Trump run again, and will he win if he does run? If Donald Trump decides to run again, if the elections are fair, Donald Trump will win in a landslide. I, I understand. I, I agree with many of the things that you just said. I do. But when you say fair, no, I, this was a fair election. I didn't say it wasn't. I just said if the elections are fair, Donald Trump will win in a landslide. Well, but why wouldn't you think it would be fair? Well, because you have the AP out here saying that if we have Trump supporters in and, and, and looking at polling places, why that's almost as bad as having terrorists in there, why it's a threat to the elections. So the left thinks it's unfair because Republicans now want to become involved. So, you know, it could be unfair because Republicans could be in there. I mean, goodness sakes, you walked into that one. <laughs> Teddy, I love you. I got to run, man. Time's short. Call back, my friend. I love you, man. Thank you. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. More of your calls right after this. Welcome to the Golden Age of Radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo's Nerdly. I just got a piece. 77 WABC. I just got a piece of information that can't wait. Marvin Gaye brings us back. What's going on? His classic. Boy, there is a story behind this album I would love to tell one day. In short, when he first presented this groundbreaking album that changed music history, this was one of the first concept albums. When he first presented this record to Motown, Barry Gordy was not a happy camper. They didn't understand this record. Anyway, here's the news I have to tell you. Thank you, Princess Di, for supplying it. Trump told Biden... And this was a quote. This is what he told Putin. Trump told Vladimir Putin, if you move against Ukraine while I'm president, I will hit Moscow. That's what was said in one of their early meetings. If you move against Ukraine while I'm president, I will hit Moscow. And the result, during Trump's presidency, Putin did not move against Ukraine. Boom. Mic drop. Thank you. All right, we're going to go rapid phones. Let's start. John, Highland Park, New Jersey. How are you, John? 
Good, James. Uh, two rapid points, uh, sir. The uh, leadership issue I called you about last week, uh, the, uh, Joe Biden, is his only competition as a leader of in, in poor taste would be Pharaoh, who led his, all of his folks back, you know, like, who's going <laughs> to build these pyramids? Damn. Get them. And, and, you know, so those are two leaders who are into hell. So he's a great leader into hell. Also, I bought my first album at Great Eastern Mills of Lady and Sand, Billy Holiday, Happy Black History Month, everyone. Maybe Thank you, John. And that yeah. Lady in Satin album by Billie Holiday that you bought, that was your first record. That is a great album. I have that album. That is a wonderful Billie Holiday album. And what a great record to buy as your first record. That's something we should do. People should tell us the first record they ever bought. You older people, you younger folks, y'all don't even know what a record is. You know, record. what are they talking about? What kind of records are they talking about? Anyway, don't worry about it. Okay. Let us go to William Westchester. Please make it quick. William, we're trying to get through as many calls as possible on rapid phones. What's up, William? Very quick. First off, Princess Dyer mentioned the 9 o'clock news report. I think that mistakenly combined two separate stories. One, how the Russians are bringing uh, portable crematoria to get rid of their own bodies so there won't be any anti-war funerals at home. And two, they're threatening to use thermobaric weapons, which will basically disintegrate bodies. Number two... More Russians fought for Hitler than Ukrainians. They fought under a General Vlasov who defected uh, uh, to the Germans in the Battle of Leningrad. Number three, uh, German government says we're going to supply Ukraine with 5,000 helmets. Ukraine says, don't bother, we have 500,000 from the last time you guys were here. And lastly, who... Who is checking up to make sure that Biden is not getting kickbacks on the American oil purchases from Russia? Oops. We're not allowed to say that or speculate on that. Why? There's no evidence of that. Not a shred of evidence. Not a shred of evidence. Not a shred of evidence. Not a laptop. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Allen, New Jersey. Quickly, Al, what is your point? Hey, let's look, James, back to the 1980s in London when I worked there and when Vladimir Putin was in the KGB and the assassination of Russian dissidents in London who escaped Russia were, in fact, being killed by the Bulgarian umbrella trick. When the assassin uh, pressed a button on the end of an umbrella, a blade dipped in arsenic came out, and the intended victim awaiting a bus or a subway train was stabbed in the back of the leg, dying thereafter. That was Putin's KGB. You keep up the good work. And play plenty more of that wonderful music like Marvin Gaye, and we'll have a better world. Thank you so much for the call. Now, by the way, those assassinations, let us remember the you let us remember the uranium assassinations as well. And this stuff that he was just talking about, folks, that's not science fiction. That's not fiction. That happened. The umbrella assassinations. That happened. Marco, Elizabeth, New Jersey. What is your point? Thank you for calling. Thank you, James. Thanks for taking my call. I just want to say your uh, racist Democrat update was hysterical. I was laughing so hard. I was I was wiping tears from my eyes. I had to pull over because I thought I was going to crash my car and get something or someone. I had to, like, pull over because you had me screaming in my car, laughing my ass off. Thank you, Marco. I appreciate that feedback, man. Thank you so much. Andrew, Stanhope, New Jersey. What is your point this morning? First album was a 45, Rod Stewart, If You Think I'm Sexy. 
And I thought it was funny because my friend's older brother reprimanded us when he saw it because he said, it's not rock. Kieran, everything in the house is rock. <laughs> but uh, I just thought that was petty of him. And what about uh, Sheik? That was a great anthem, Good Times. And oh, man. Sheik from Queens, New York. Sheik from Queens, New York. From Andrew Jackson High School, Nile Rogers and Company, man. Yes, Sheik. Now, can I just uh, jump in on your Rod Stewart for a minute? Have you ever seen Rod Stewart live? No, I've heard good things. I've never saw him. I saw Rod Stewart at Madison Square Garden back in the day when that record that you bought as your first record was out. His concert was amazing. But you know what stands out in my mind? It was the first concert that I saw lookalikes. So many people came to that concert with their hair done like Rod Stewart, it was just, and trying to look like Rod Stewart, it was totally amazing. Thank I had you. hair like that in the 80s, but I'm hiding all the pictures, hoping they don't <laughs> leak out. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, good line. Thank you for the call. Walker, Jersey City, New Jersey, what's on your mind? Uh, speaking of music, uh, I just wanted to ask you, where did uh, Rush get his bumper music? Was that from he you? He picked it himself. Russ uh, picked it uh, himself. He, he played Quicksilver Messenger Service, which is a great, uh, which is a great group from from that era, and that, that's one of the first albums I ever bought. Really? Oh man, what a great! You know, Rush was a disc jockey before he was um, a talk show host, and Rush's taste in music—I mean, he just had an amazing taste in music. We used to talk about music a lot during the breaks. Once in a while, I should say, not a lot. Anyway, thank you for the call, Walker. Appreciate that. Let us go to Bernie in Staten Island. Bernie, welcome to the show. How are you? Okay, good. My first albums were The Jolson Story and Peter and the Wolf in 1947, February 1947. You even remember the month. What stood out about that for you? How old were you? I was uh, 13. Oh, man. Doesn't that bring back just good memories? Uh-huh. It surely does. And the Jolson story was made again in 1949. It was made as uh, Jolson Sings Again. Larry Parks played Al Jolson in both movies. And I think uh, Barbara Hale played Jolson's uh, girlfriend in Jolson Sings Again. I forget who the uh, girlfriend was in the Jolson story. Oh, well, sometimes, you know, we do forget those kind of things. But thank you so much for the call, Bernie. Let's go to Bobby, New Jersey. Hey, Bobby, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you, Bobby? I'm fine. I'm no speaker. Listen, um, I was just wondering. I know nothing about this lady as being appointed to the Supreme Court. And I heard she was a public defender. I was just wondering if George Soros funded her because 300 of them, of course, America were funded by George Soros and they're turning out laws upside down. That is a good question. And, you know, I don't know the answer to it. We'll have to look into it. I do know this. She hasn't written very many appellate decisions. She's written, in fact, only one. And I also know that uh, before that, some of the, and that was on the appellate court, but before that in the lower court, Many of her decisions were overturned because of judicial overreach. Hmm. So that would tend to say that she is an activist judge, which is not surprising. Let us go to John, Staten Island. John, quickly, what's on your mind? Uh, Two things on the racist point. Janice Brown was Supreme Court judge federal 
that got turned down by Biden. So she would have been the first black Supreme Court justice that Biden voted down. And number two, uh, since we have an ecological problem with the Russian sun and oil to everywhere, where is the uh, ecologists, these guys talking about not you know burning oil? They should be down every Democrat Congress, Senate's throat, and every department head that's Democrat appointed to make sure they're driving a bicycle or a tricycle if they can't ride with a Chinese. You got it. I appreciate that. You made a great point. Judy, you have 10 seconds. Right to it, Judy in Westchester. 10 seconds. Okay, first record, uh, Eartha Kitt from Chicago. It was about 1950. You could go into little booths in the record store and listen to your 45 before you bought it. Judy, thank you for that. James Golden, it has been a marvelous Saturday. Thank you for everybody. Sorry to everybody we couldn't get to. Back Monday at 4 o'clock, New York Strong. We are the greatest city in the world. America, the greatest city, the greatest nation that humanity has ever witnessed. May God bless and protect each and every one of you. Larry Kudlow is up next. Stay tuned. See you on Monday. Bye.